What's up, guys? My name is Matt Young. This is the Hip Hop Entrepreneurs Podcast. I have my co-host with me here, Resonant. What's up, guys? It's Mr. Res. I just pressed that button. And today, we have an awesome guest on the show. His name is Mac with a Q. He's a hip hop music producer. Actually, he produces music in a few different genres, right? Yeah. So we're going to be talking with him about what he does, the people who he works with, uh, a deal that he got with a local record label, or he he defines it as, I guess, a little different than a record label. You could call it an alternative record label. We're going to be diving into that, how he got the deal, what it's like working with them. And Hip Hop Entrepreneurs is a podcast all about people who work in music, who make money doing it so they can sustain their lifestyle and just continue doing what they love. So without further ado, I would like to introduce my guest, Mac with a Q. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing well. So dude. Solid. So you and Rez have been working together for about a month? Yeah. About a month. Okay. What have you guys been doing? You've been co-producing stuff. Yeah. Um, to be specific, he lays down some dope ass melodies and I put down the drums. And we collaborate in both processes too, but it's a very we have a lot of synergy working together okay so how did you guys meet uh he actually dm'd me on instagram um he told me he knows john x which is another producer he's from jersey he's a really dope producer and um we worked on something before and uh he hit me up and he was like hey i know john x he told me that uh you should hit up mac with a q in philly he's like really cool and shit and then he hit me up and then we met up and we hit it off. We met up at Hidden Gems, actually. Hidden yeah. Gems. Shout out to Hidden Gems. Yeah, for sure. Shout out. Is Shout that out a, uh, a meetup for people in the hip-hop realm? Uh, it's a producer, producers. producer meetup. It's like an open ox like, platform. Okay. How'd you meet with John with the next? John. John. Hey, John with the next. Mac with a huge John with the next. I was... Um, First time I've been to New York City, um, I visited my cousin Richard. Shout out OG Rich Boy. Um, I, I actually got, while I was there, just by chance, I got invited to a beat battle that I applied to at uh, Treble Tuesday. And when I was there, one of the contestants is John X, and who's so friendly, man. He was so willing to put me on to other artists within Philly because I told him I'm moving here. We just shot the shit. You know, we just talked a lot and... You know, uh, I was about to move to Philly, fast forward about a month, and I asked him, hey man, like, is there anybody here you can connect me with? I remember we were talking about something like that, and um, one of the names that he slid through is Mac with a Q. He snitched on you, bro. How do you feel about that? He didn't, bro. I'm glad he did. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. That's it was a, a pleasure first. meeting you, man. Yeah, nice to meet you, dude. Okay, that's cool. So when you said that uh, you DM'd him, I actually thought this was going to end up being from the the people who you DM every day. I don't DM someone like him every day. I'll tell you that. Okay. <laughs> no, nah, that was ugly as fuck. Um, <laughs> no, <nah, laughs> nah, I mean, because it's more so like when I DM other producers, it's more so like, let's work together. Let's create something together. Um, but in the creation, like in the production fashion of it, not necessarily... When I talk to rappers, it's, hey, I would love to see you on one of my beats or I'd love to make a beat for you or that kind of stuff. It's more so let's make a beat together. And I feel like that unites producers into a tight-knit community. Um, when you produce something with someone and, you know, the vibe is up, then it just keeps happening. 
Was it, um, there, I know there's another guy who's local around here who's trying to put together something like a producer collective. Is that Blizz? Blizz got the beats. Yeah. And he's, and that is the right guy, right? That I'm thinking yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it. What is, what is he trying to do in the area? And then are you involved with that? No, nah, no, nah, I don't, I don't think he knows, but I don't think, I, I don't think I've introduced you to Blizz yet. No. I got to. He runs a studio around here. He's dope, bro. For real. Um, so in Atlanta, one of my earliest influences was 808 Ma- Mafia. It's a producer collective based out of Atlanta that produced for greats like Future, um, Young Thug, a lot for Young Thug. And it was known as this hub in Atlanta that made the Atlanta music scene. Not many people knew it started from the producers. Now, he wants to create something like that in Philadelphia, a new sound defining Philly. And uh, it's still in the works. You know, we're still talking about it and stuff like that. But I definitely want to be involved. Um, And it's... It's, it's more so the next step to creating a solid music scene. Are there moves being made right now for that? Not that I'm aware. As of right now, it's just in the ideation process. Okay. So, uh, ideation process. So, you're going to get involved when that starts making things. You're going to bring Mac with a Q on board. But for right now, you're working with, what is the group called? Curator Records. Curator Records. How did you meet them? Did they reach out to you? Um, so, the guy that runs the label uh, is one of my homies. He, I met him through Hidden Gems, and when we were like playing music, we worked on music together. He was like, "Yo, like we gotta get you on this record label, and like we gotta get your music out there on like actual platforms." Because back then, I used to just post my shit on SoundCloud. But he put me on Spotify. He put me on everything. He's like, uh, pretty much. Uh, I haven't met everyone in the record label, but I met like uh, a couple of the people that are part of the record label. How big is the operation? And I'm not really sure. I really am not. Like, he, I know he's not running it alone. He has people, he has engineers, audio engineers. He has people that run the record label with him. But um, as far as I know, the work, most of the work that I've done with the record label is through him. Okay. Where was the record label at when you met them? So, were they... And when I say that, I'm thinking either they were very small, you know, maybe one or two people and they're like, hey, we're just looking to expand and you're one of the first people on board. Or maybe there was already 20 people and they're like, well, we need to really expand. And then they brought on four producers since you as well. Where were they and where are they now? What does that trajectory look like? I don't know where they were, but when I hopped on, they had a bunch of really solid artists on. Um they had, I don't know, do you guys know Jaber? You know Jaber, right? I've heard the name. Yeah. I haven't looked into the music, though. Yeah, he's um, he's been in, like, the Philly DJ and beat team for a while. He's, like, actually, like, one of the oldest people that I know in the, like, not oldest people, but, like, one of the, the kind of older people that are in the beat scene. Not that he's old, but... Does uh, he make old school beats? No, he makes, like, house shit and, like, Afro beats. Like, he's really good with what he does. Uh, he, he was at the Hidden Gems. He like DJs the Hidden Gems sometimes. Okay. Word. Yeah. I probably Um, ran into him, honestly. Yeah. Uh, what else? So let's pack this up a second. Where did you even find out about Hidden Gems? Javert. Javert? (laughs) Yeah. Was he just a friend of yours or how did you know him? I knew him before the whole like Hidden Gems thing. And he told me he like knew... Uh, this other producer called Expo and then this other producer, uh, Dan Love City. He goes by Love City DJs. 
and um, they were they were planning on doing something for producers because Philly had no beat scene whatsoever before Hidden Gems. Like everyone, there were beat like producers, but no one was actually like making like public like make, making it kind of more public that hey, like there's a beat scene in Philly. So they made this Hidden Gems thing, and like a lot of people now are just going to it and playing their beats, and it's gr- it's grown ever since I've been to the first one. And I remember that I was at a bar uh, in Fishtown somewhere. I forgot the name of the bar, but it was like a small ass dingy bar. And now they like have the second floor of warehouse on Watts. You guys have been there. It's like huge. You haven't been there, Matt, but it's Rez dope. has. It's, it's like a huge place. And the system is amazing. And it's great. When you talk about a warehouse party, you know what I'm thinking of because you invited me to one warehouse. It's totally <laughs> different. This is an this is an upkept warehouse. Like it's presentable. Um, well, last time he invited me to a warehouse party, it it, it was a huge druggy scene. There were people like doing cocaine off of a broken oh, yeah, pool right. table. Where the fuck are you taking it? <laughs> the best places. <laughs> So that's what I think of. You're like, yeah, bro. They moved up from dingy bar to, to a warehouse, yeah, drug addict warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> where the whip it's at. <laughs> yeah, dang. I mean, if we're talking old school people, right? That's an old school drug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nitrous oxide. Gotta love it. So when um, because I'm I'm trying to follow the chronological order of this. You meet your friend. Sorry, what was his name again? I I have John X in my head, but not Jaber. Jaber. Yeah. So you meet him. He tells you about Hidden Gems. Hidden Gems, you meet the guy who did he own does he own the record label? Right, let's let's run that back, dude. Jaber was it so I, when I started this whole like production thing, I started in in my my first actual like investment in like creating a studio and like making music was back in 2016. So I went to I went to Michigan to like work there and it was Bumblefuck, Michigan. And I had, like, nothing to do besides going to work, coming back, making beats. So I started there, and I met producers there. The first producer I actually met and, like, hung out with was this uh, SoundCloud producer. He also has music on Spotify and shit, but his name's Steelix. Like the Pokemon? Like the Pokemon. Okay. But he's he's really dope, dude. He's got a lot of, like, he has a huge following and um he knows a lot of good producers he produced a couple like hip-hop songs for a couple of really dope artists anyone who we would know uh, i don't think so no they're like more like local or in michigan um okay. but yeah after that i when i came to philly i was going to school for my master's and that's when i you have a master's my, degree yeah i had no idea about this in yeah, what in architectural engineering okay yeah okay keep going random i know dude so it's uh when i came back i i started hitting like um hitting up producers on instagram or like on soundcloud so i was looking i remember the first producer i like linked up with in philly was actually this uh producer called crispy i don't know if john x mentioned him too yeah no i think i've met him you met him too yeah he was at hidden gems right yeah yeah, he was djing right no no he wasn't no wait what I don't think he was even at the Hidden Gems that you were at. Okay. But yeah, he, um, I, I linked up with him first and like we hit it off. Like he had the same vibe of music that I fuck with and the same like genre, like the whole like, you know, like vocal chops and like weird melodies and shit like that. Like he was, he was all about that too. Like the genre, like, like it's a SoundCloud genre, but it's got like future beats and like, he's like all about it. 
So um, we linked up and we hit it off. And ever since then, uh, like through him, I met people. And then I, I met this other dope ass producer uh, from Philly called Kilimanzago. And she's also like a producer in Philly. And uh, she's actually really good at the whole f weird future beats scene. Like she has a big following on SoundCloud too. And then through her, I actually saw this other producer and that was Jaber. That's how I got to Jaber. And then I DM'd him. I'm like, yo, like, I know you're in Philly. Like, I make music. Let's link up. And then we linked up. And then when we linked up, that's when he, he started telling me like, yeah, like there's a beat scene coming up in Philly and we should all like do something about it. So he said that he was going to do something with Expo and Dan and they did the Hidden Gems thing. But that was that. That's how I met Jaber. And then through Hidden Gems is how I expanded this network. I met like Expo. I met so many other producers that are just dope. Like I can, the list is huge. So that's really that's good. How, yeah. Because this is, this is a very, I'm not going to say convoluted, but it's a long chain of connections and people talking to people before you really got to the end of that where you were working with people and you make money from the record label, right? Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anything noteworthy? Is it just like a little tiny? And you're not right now. No, okay. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. It's not. Oh, it starts yeah, like that's that how it real. is, bro. Yeah. So like right now, no, it's not. And like part of it is putting in the legwork, trying to get your own following, your brand up and shit. But that's just part of the hustle. And like I guess this starts the hardest. Once you get the ball rolling, you get the momentum, and then if you're willing to accept the shittiness at the beginning, then everything else is gonna come. Mm -hmm. And I don't even think when you started that chain, when you were talking, Jaber, am I saying that right? Jaber, yeah. Jaber, okay, I didn't know if that was a V or not. So, when you met Jaber and you were talking about like, hey, I want to produce beats with people, that kind of jazz, I want to go and I want to meet people, I don't even think you had the goal of working with a record label, did you? Not really, no. I Honestly, part of it was just like trying to expand my network and know people. And I'm I'm the type of person that learns the most through working with people than like through just teaching myself shit because when i hang out with the guys they all like all my homies use ableton aside from res uh <laughs> is fl gang but gang they're that. like every time every time i hang out with producers i'm like oh shit i don't know i could do that or oh shit i don't know you could do this with that and like they everyone has a different approach and the more you work with people the more you realize that you teach them things and they teach you things and it's just this like synergy that's like really healthy and that willingness to learn and that desire to keep meeting new people and figuring out what other people do, what you like, what you don't like about their processes, that's how you move forward, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. when are you at liberty to talk about your deal with um with the record label? Uh, what do you, I can, but I mean like I'd rather not. Okay. Can you can you tell us why you would rather not? I don't know. I feel it's just fresh. It's like super new and it's not a big deal, but like it is what it is. It's a start for me. I'm like excited about it, but okay. Yeah. So would you be able to tell us what, um, what you provide to them and what they provide for you and in return, is there a uh, long-term payoff that you see? Because you said like short-term, there's not much, right? Is there long-term that you see? Uh, yeah. I mean, just like I said, it all depends on the following you have on like the, the plays, like it's pretty much you working on your own, but they're just there to like be there for the process to tell you like, Hey, like, um, 
will help you out with marketing. Like they do the artwork, they do the the um, uh, distribution, they do also mastering services. Like if I if I like try to master a track and it doesn't come out the way I want it to, sometimes I give it to to the record label and they have engineers on there that can master sometimes the tracks in a way that I'm like, oh yeah, but that's how it is. I haven't yet used their mastering uh services usually i'm like very meticulous with how my shit sounds so like i decided to cut them. you off man just for the clarification of our audience some of them may not know what mastering is would you mind explaining how like mixing comes first and then the mastering just comes after really briefly yeah uh so when you uh when you do it tr- when you make a track you lay out all the instruments the drums uh then whatever the whatever synth, tracks yeah, the bass the synth, whatever the bass, whatever is in the track and then you mix it, and mixing is generally just like trying to level everything and uh, have it separated, panned in different ways, just trying to make it spread throughout the track so that you know how everything sits in the track. And then mix or mastering, it comes after mixing, which is uh, going in and um, kind of compressing what you got to compress, which is basically like squishing the audio signal and like making it louder for certain like at certain parts of the song um eqing taking out certain frequencies that are like loud or uh muddy just kind of adding the final touches like a polish like a polish pretty much and i'm i'm like a huge believer in like if your mix is garbage your master is going to be garbage it's garbage and garbage out if your shit's garbage in the beginning it's going to be garbage when it comes out amen to that bro seriously so it's all in the mix like mastering is nothing it's everything is in the mix if your mix is trash your master is trash Something I think a lot of people are unfamiliar with is that there are people who specialize in the production of the beat. There are people who specialize in the mix of the beat and there are people who specialize in the mastering of the beat. You you can make a full-time living off of doing just one of those parts. So when you do the production, you do the mixing and the mastering, you are essentially taking on the job of three different people. You know, there are people like you, like Rez, who have figured it out. Uh, at least to some degree, I mean, you know, there are... Good- I, I don't think I've figured it out yet, to be yeah. honest. I don't think you ever figure it out. I, I want to hype you up as much as possible while still being honest. I don't I don't even know what Rick Rubin is. He's a goat. All right, word. I'll take your word for yeah. it. I don't even know him, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> He's a nice guy. All right. Yeah. I think a lot of people who get into beat production feel like they have a lot to take on because you don't have the other two parties. What would you say to someone who's just starting out and just trying to figure out what to make of everything? I'd say just try your best. Every time you do something, try your best. Uh, there's, it's not like before right now we have like unlimited resources to, to learn this shit. You can go on YouTube and search anything and there's a tutorial for it like everything like i'm pretty sure there's a tutorial on how to wipe your ass too like i've seen it that's i'm sure yeah it sucks dude it's not mastered well (laughs) it's like you have you there's no excuse if you really want it you can learn it you can teach yourself it but the, the problem is uh with mixing and mastering a lot of that also comes with having a good ear for music and having a good ear for for um, but you don't have to be born with a good ear you can figure out what yeah, a good ear is. i never said you have to be born with it but you have to train your ear to become more like musical in a sense that you know what sounds good or what doesn't sound good you have to 
my the way I learned is uh, through listening to other people's music the most like I listen to music that I want my music to sound like and I try to aim to make it sound the same way and if it doesn't sound the same way but it sounds close at least I know that I'm getting closer to that than like nothing so yeah dude I mean I started with like reason before I got onto like that's what OG Rich Boy said he started with that's what OG Rich Boy started with he was yeah. uh, frustrated with certain parts of it certain lack of flexibility that the DAW had. So he actually moved to Ableton. I think that's your path as well, right? Yeah, yeah, dude. I, I started with Reason when I was in high school. Mm, okay. And that was back when I wasn't taking music seriously. I started with it and it was very, it was very uh, bare bone. Is like, it free? Is it like the audacity of music production? It wasn't free, but I had a ripped version of it. So you mean you had a paid version? I had a paid version. <laughs> I had a paid version of it, but uh, no, dude. Like I just, I taught. It was like my in on music production. That's how I like got interested in it. If it wasn't for a reason, I wouldn't have really gotten into music production. Actually, my the first beat I ever made is on YouTube, but I'm not going to tell you what the name of the video is. But it's okay, I already heard. I can't. You, really? Yeah. It had a snare in it. Right. Was that okay, one? Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember. Okay, and the synth, okay, dude. Yeah, yeah. There was no synth. Shut up. Oh. <laughs> nah, dude. You didn't watch it, bro. You didn't, you didn't internalize it like I did. Bro. It's my B. It's my B. So, are you? How are you now going about yourself? Uh, about branding yourself? Are you doing it on Instagram? Are you really honing in on the record label thing? What are your moves now? Because you you've been building up to this point. Right. Uh, honestly. Uh, right now, I don't have any plan, frankly. But same thing as before, just networking with people and seeing things come together. Pretty much. I mean, that that's how everything came together initially. It's just like with good faith and good intentions, everything was coming along the way it was coming along. And I, I'm a big believer in um, like working hard towards your goals, but I also believe in like manifestation and like having. Uh, your intentions kind of guide what happens in your reality. And if you have good intentions and you know what you want, uh, sometimes everything just aligns and it works out for you. But at the same time, you have to put in the legwork. I'm not saying just sit down and be like, I want to be a producer. And then like you fucking you get you get your like music scales like downloaded in your brain and shit like no it might be like that in the future. It might be, which is going to be sad, bro, because that hard work doesn't mean shit. Yeah, but still, I mean, I'm a. I feel like it's all about hard work. Like I put in a lot of hours in music production. That's how I got to the point that I've gone to. But I, I, I don't see myself stopping for nothing. So I have big goals, and I feel like uh, I won't be satisfied until I reach those goals. So I'm just gonna keep pushing towards them. And I'm like really glad I'm meeting all the people that I'm meeting because I feel like all this network that I have is just like opportunity pretty much for something bigger. The more people you know, the more people that are going to be part of your network, the bigger potential there is for you to grow. So I'm going to need you to give me some specifics because that started with, uh, I don't know what my next move is. But then the, the thing right after that was I had big goals. Yeah. So, what are your goals? What are you trying to do? I'm trying to I'm trying to stack some platinum plaques to be honest. Okay. That's my fucking goal. I don't want to I want I it's want a room full of platinum plaques. But um 
Yeah, that and also I kind of want to like build my own like Mac with a Q brand. I feel like I got like a sound that I'm honing into and I want that sound to be a part of like my brand and it's a part of like my own production. And the thing is like I've been focusing so much on solo work as opposed to like hip hop beats because I feel like I have more drive doing that than like with hip hop beats, even though I love doing like hip hop beats and shit. Um, I, you got your own sound. Um, I know there's certain elements that I've heard like in Baby, yeah. some certain instruments and certain percuss- percussive grooves that you consistently use and makes you Mac with a Q. How would you briefly describe those? What, the drum grooves? Just, I mean, just everything that makes your music you, like consistently okay, so, added. Uh, okay, so the way I see it is... My music is um, is not repetitive in a sense that uh, I don't like having four bars or eight bars loop more than once. So if something passes, the next one has to have something different. Whatever it is, musically, I like switching up melodies more than just drums because the melody is, I feel like, the driving force for me more than the drums. That is because most of my music is like solo, like music you would you would like listen to on your own, not like something that a rapper would spit over. Yeah. I understand when a rapper would spit over something, you'd have something repetitive, but at the same time change elements. Mm. But like with the shit that I do solo, I like doing it like in a way where it's like, oh, like what's going on? Like this is next and this is next. And the way I do it is I like to, to have it be glitchy in a sense that like, you know, like sounds that you wouldn't expect being in a track being in the track so there's one one instrumental that you put together recently with rez south beach if you remember that one i don't know if you've made like 17 more beats since then or something 18 oh 18 yeah i should have known so have you heard the song that gabi og rich are you on k paso yeah so yeah i played it for him yeah i heard it still okay these guys so there is that song and then I actually, when, when you start breaking down your style, I actually do kind of understand what you're saying when I think back to it because there's the, I don't know what you would call it, like the bell pattern in the beginning. Yeah, that was all him. Yeah. And then there's the vocals that come in and then there's like a bass line that comes in. Pushing pedals in the dash. When I pull up, skirt, skirt, leave you in the past. Hard to find me, always mysterious. Right after the vocals come in and I noticed that actually, I, I picked up on it and it resonated with me a lot. And... What what I'm thinking of now is if your style is just not repetitive, if you don't have four to eight bars repeat more than once or twice, what defines a change for you? Is it adding a new instrument? Could w- one note changing be the change? How how significant of a change does it have to be? Uh, sometimes, honestly, a subtle change makes a big difference. Sometimes just one note different in the melody kind of goes into your head like, oh, what the f- what happened to this progression? Like, why is it changing? But in a good way. So, yeah, sometimes it's not like drastic. Like, you'll hear a melody and the next time it's like a different melody. It's the same melody, but the way it's played or the way it's um, positioned or... Uh, the having it be like a longer like a longer chord like an, a ninth or as opposed or like a seventh as opposed to just like a regular major or minor um like a triad instead of just a triad having like longer chords uh i know i'm for saying all of our music of like, theory buffs out there right yeah for but honestly it's it's just little changes that make make it and the the bell thing i feel like 
I just bells and like mallets, organic mallet sounds are like my favorite sounds to use. I've been like doing that in most of my tracks, like ever since I started producing. I've always had like a really like a, a strong attraction to like organic sounding mallets and organic sounding like melodies. I don't like things being played out in a way where it's like very perfect. And I would I would say that sometimes people from the outside looking in might be like oh, you're, you're resorting to these sounds every single time. I mean, that's lazy. But let's also take into account that one of the most respected producers out there, Zaytoven, he was a church pianist before anything. He brought that to the actual beat making field and he started making a lot of beats with organic sounding piano and organ. And then the drums, they're, they're his, but he mainly uses the same ones. So... Uh, I, I just like to note that, you know, there's two ways of definitely looking at the use of similar elements again and again. And then there are pe also people like Take Keith who just do loops. Yeah, well, hey, it works. You know what I mean? It uh, it got him some platinum plaques. So, you know, if I could do less effort for more reward, I'll take that's, that shit. Yeah, that's true. Yo, but, when, I, when I heard that song with Eminem... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was off Kamikaze, right? Yeah, off yeah. Kamikaze. Yeah, yeah. I was like, wait, isn't that Look Alive by Drake? Yeah. And then I heard the two yeah. melodies oh, and I'm okay. like, what the fuck? Like, this guy literally just like, <laughs> just like used the same Put instrument. one note there. Like, one, yeah, like just yeah. moved the notes, same drum pattern. Here you go. But maybe that's what Eminem wanted because the whole track was kind of like a, a spinoff of like just the whole new school shit. Mm -hmm. Which is really ironic how he's having Take Heath produce it and benefit off that. Yeah, it's I, at least I'm hoping it was produced by Take Heath. It was, it was. Okay, yeah, no, it was, dude. It I, was, I, I want to make sure. Dude, when I heard that, I'm like, yo, Take Heath must have like a template. Like you have a template to start shit, and it's like the same melody and drums. And he's like, all right, let's move this up two octaves. Sounds good. Let's go. <laughs> all right, man, I got a beat for you. It hits you up in like ten seconds after you tell him I need to be. I'm done. I got you. Bro, how do you make it so fast? And he's like, man, I've just been doing this for a while. <laughs> Speaking of templates, something that you're working on right now, Rez, is you're working on putting a, uh, actually going back to mixing and mastering too, you're putting a, is it a mixing template together for people, for other producers? Yeah, a production template where, whereas, um, you know, whereas uh, you would want to replicate a consistently good sound. Um, so if, if we're talking about a kick drum, there are certain things that you need to process a kick drum with. And if you're able to process it to the same quality every single time, it'll benefit you as a producer, especially when you're like Tay Keith and you end up using the same drum samples anyway. So what I'm putting together is something for other producers um, where they can actually use this template and get consistently good sounding drums, consistently good sounding instruments. And, you know, it, they need to tweak it themselves, but it gives them a starting point to actually have those plugins in the right place, in the right order to be able to get that good sound that they really want. And that just takes a huge chunk of time out of the process because now these, did for me. Yeah, now these other producers are just going to be able to focus more on the instruments, right? More on the notes and the actual melodies and whatnot. Well, and I'd say they'd be able to crank out a lot of stuff quicker. Now, me personally, I spend an hour for the mixing process just because I'm really diligent with it. Um, I still have those plugins up there. It's just a matter of cross-referencing them from different places. However, for the producer that's starting out, the mixing process could take weeks. And I'm saying weeks as in it doesn't necessarily take weeks to, f to mix a song, but to learn to mix a song, it's the hardest thing. If you have something that's just breaking down a game for you, why everything is where it is, 
then you can start from that and then, you know, bring the game to the turf, give it right back to the coach. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we've, we've seen, uh, specifically, I think of an artist from Memphis who is using a beat from a guy off YouTube and the beat that we heard on YouTube was really awful, but the artist in Memphis using the beat, uh, their, their label actually mixed it right. And it, and it made it, it sound was, very I don't know crisp. if it was this label. I know it was an engineer. Maybe it was the studio time was bought by the label. But essentially what happened was a track out was purchased from that from that producer. And that track out allowed the producer um, or allowed the engineer who's working with this artist to mix it in their own way around the vocals and make it a lot more crisp. Okay. Shots fired on Take Eath, by the way. Boom, boom, <laughs> boom. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> we should How shit. old is Take Eath? I have no idea. Two years old. Did, did you hear that? Bruh, I'm not about to get on that beef right there. Oh, <laughs> you can deal with that on your oh, own. Dude, wait, who's that right there? <laughs> Yo, I saw somebody drive the wrong way down that one way earlier. Dude, I don't even think that's a one way, bro. That's right here. It looks like it should be a one way, but it's not a one way. This, are you talking about this right no, here? We're talking about the street that's right retarded. outside the window, by the way, for those that are just listening. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> one way. There's a window right there. Somebody made a wrong turn down that way and it caught my attention. So this is the end of the podcast. Mac with a Q, I want to thank you so much for being on here. We're going to do some social plugs before we wrap up. Mac with a Q, where can they find you? Uh, Mac with a Q, everything. Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud. Spell that because I don't Spotify. think. Spotify. Mac with a Q. It's M-A-C-W-I-T-H-A-Q. Mac with a Q. There we go. Mac with a Q actually spelled out Mac with a Q. With the Q. There we go. Yeah. Rez, where can they find you? You can find me at your mom's house. Oh. <laughs> nah, you can find me at R-E-C-O-N-E-N-T. I'm on Spotify, Apple Music, but I'm also on SoundCloud. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter, Resident Entertainment on YouTube. And I'm not actually at your mom's house. I'm at your grandma's house. And my name is Matt Young. You can find me on Instagram at Matt, M-A-T-T dot M dot Young. All right, guys, we're peacing out. Thank you for listening. Peace. Peace, world. Thank you guys for having me.